0: Implementing an OR Contact Precautions Decision Algorithm to Promote Interprofessional Teamwork for Infection Prevention by Andrea LaCoursière and Susan Napold. Abstract Perioperative nurses use aseptic and sterile technique along with standard cleaning and disinfection practices to prevent surgical site infections. At our hospital, OR team members identified a clinical problem. The lack of a systematic approach to determine the type of post-procedure cleaning required between procedures involving patients with multidrug-resistant organisms or Clostridium difficile. Facility leaders developed a project to design and implement an evidence-based decision-making algorithm to help perioperative nurses rapidly identify the appropriate environmental cleaning procedures for these ORs. After the perioperative nurses were taught how to use the algorithm, it was put into use. Nineteen months later, the nurses completed a post-implementation survey. The results of the survey were generally positive, and the cleaning process was more standardized. We found that a decision-making algorithm was an effective tool to determine the proper post-procedure environmental cleaning between surgical procedures for patients with multidrug-resistant organisms, or C. difficile. Prevention of infection is a fundamental nursing concern. Lawrence Nightingale saved lives by implementing good hygiene practices in battlefield hospitals. Ignaz Semmelweis, supported by his peers, saved lives in the 1800s by implementing rudimentary infection prevention strategies during his surgeries. Current healthcare professionals remain focused on the prevention of infection. Perioperative nurses view aseptic and sterile technique as the guiding principles for nursing practice in the OR. Microorganisms that are resistant to one or more antimicrobial agents for example, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, vancomycin-resistant Enterococci, and carpobenum resistant Enterobacteriaceae are called multidrug-resistant organisms, MDROs. The emergence of these organisms and other organisms that are difficult to treat, for example, Clostridium difficile, has made infection prevention and control a challenge. When patients with an MDRO require surgery, OR disinfection becomes a major focus of concern for perioperative personnel. Infection Prevention in the OR Environment Perioperative team members begin the process of infection control in the OR by downing proper surgical attire and then follow detailed patterns of behavior to minimize microbial contamination. This process is also known as a septic technique. Surgical staff members process contaminated surgical instruments according to the Spaulding classification, which is a standardized system to determine the level of disinfection or sterilization required for a reusable instrument or piece of equipment based on the way the item is used during a procedure. Perioperative environmental sanitation procedures are developed using standard and transmission-based precautions. The literature suggests that there has been an increase in awareness regarding the role of environment and the development of healthcare-associated infections, HAIs, and transmission of MDROs. Although OR team members work to prevent all HAIs, they must remain particularly vigilant about MDROs and C. difficile because these organisms are virulent and can increase patient morbidity and mortality and healthcare costs. Researchers have found that the risk of HAI increases by an average of 73% for patients undergoing surgery in a room previously occupied by a patient with an MDRO, or C. difficile. These microorganisms may persist on inanimate objects, for example, patient care equipment, in the perioperative environment for weeks or months. As patient advocates perioperative RNs are responsible for ensuring each OR is cleaned and disinfected after each procedure and before setting it up for the next patient. Resistance to antibiotics has plagued the infectious disease professional community since the 1930s, when the broad use of antibiotics, that is, sulfa, began. As the development and therapeutic use of antibiotics has become more complicated and widespread, the emergence of MDROs has become an even more dangerous phenomenon. Methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus became prominent in the mid-1970s as a significant healthcare-associated pathogen. In addition to being resistant to methicillin, these strains of S. aureus are also resistant to oxacillin, nafcillin, cephalosporins, and inopenem. This resistance contributed to a greater than 50% of the S. aureus isolated from patients in the 1990s, and 59.5% of the SOA is isolated in 2003 from patients in intensive care units in the National Noscomial Infection Surveillance System. To prevent the spread of MDROs, healthcare team members implement a second tier of basic infection control practices known as transmission-based precautions, which are an organized method of isolation procedures implemented to prevent transmission of epidemiologically significant pathogens. The three types of precautions are based on how the infectious organisms are transmitted and include contact precautions, droplet precautions, and airborne precautions. Perioperative team members use more intense between-procedure environmental cleaning practices, for example, terminal cleaning, for ORs that have been occupied by a patient on any type of transmission-based precautions. Terminal cleaning is an intense procedure to remove environmental contaminants and to disinfect all exposed and high-touch surfaces in addition to areas cleaned as part of routine post-procedure cleaning of the OR. Perioperative personnel do not implement terminal cleaning for all patients. They complete it when a patient has been identified as currently having an active or suspected infection caused by an epidemiologically significant pathogen or has had a significant history of an infection with an epidemiologically significant pathogen. Perioperative team members understand that thorough disinfection of the perioperative environment is key to preventing the transmission of pathogenic microorganisms and is a standard that patients expect when they consent for surgery. The majority of the evidence supports the use of terminal cleaning procedures when a patient is determined to have an active infection, a history of infection, or a suspected infection with an epidemiologically significant pathogen. Researchers discussed including ultraviolet light and C-band spectrum, UVC, disinfection with terminal cleaning to reduce environmental contamination and suggest that terminal cleaning alone may not be adequate to disinfect hospital surfaces completely. Some hospitals are including the use of UVC to augment terminal disinfection of ORs, and the majority of the literature supports the use of enhanced environmental cleaning, that is, terminal cleaning and UVC, to reduce microbial contamination and decrease the incidence of HAIs. Although much of the literature supports enhanced cleaning techniques after procedures involving MDROs and C. difficile, one group of researchers indicated that there is no evidence in the literature to support the premise that terminal cleaning between infected cases decreases exposure to excessive microbial contamination for subsequent patients. However, this study had major limitations, including a limited literature review, a small sample size, and the lack of a control group. Interprofessional Collaboration in Healthcare Interprofessional education, IPE, and practice among healthcare team members are essential components of high-quality, safe, and efficient patient care. In 1970, the World Health Organization identified IPE standards to teach the skills, knowledge, and attitudes needed to practice effectively as a team. The IPE standards have been adopted worldwide, and interprofessional practice is the foundation for effective health care. Collaboration in nursing has been discussed in the literature since the 1950s, and AORN continues to recommend a bundled approach to implementing best practices and determining operational guidelines for concepts such as environmental cleaning. In the OR, where strong personalities and opinions affect communication, all personnel who have even the most peripheral contact with patients must be included in infection prevention conversations. All perioperative team members are responsible for infection prevention in the OR, and strong teamwork is essential to make surgery safe for patients. Although teamwork in nursing has been discussed for decades, nurses are not the only members of a successful perioperative team. Interprofessional collaboration is an active partnership among team members from diverse professional and occupational backgrounds who work together to solve problems. Authentic interprofessional teams consist of individuals who contribute and question and challenge one another to develop the best possible practices for patients. The literature indicates that the most successful teams are those in which all team members have mutual respect for clinical decisions suggested by others, Without consideration or concern for rank, position, education level, or historic hierarchical issues. The literature also recognizes the challenges of a transformation in healthcare from a top down hierarchical system to a collaborative interprofessional team approach. One of these challenges to healthcare transformation is the historic and persistent tension that exists among physicians and nurses. Despite this challenge, the literature still supports the development of interprofessional education programs across the nation. As leaders work to develop a culture of collaboration in professional education, they likely will help create authentic interprofessional teams, which are essential for true teamwork. Barriers to teamwork include interprofessional friction, competing team member priorities, and different approaches to practice. Surgeons focus on the patient in front of them, the quality of the surgery, and their own skill. Nurses focus on the care, comfort, and safety of the patient before, during, and after surgery. Collectively, all the interests of the surgical team are dedicated to the same outcome, high quality of care, defined by surgical repair with patient satisfaction and no postoperative infection. To engage surgeons and nurses together in our interdisciplinary project, These different approaches and priorities of care needed to be respected to solve a common problem, lack of a systematic approach to determine the required post-procedural cleaning process. One infection prevention researcher highlighted the importance of interpersonal relationships and communication to infection prevention strategies in the OR. Root cause analyses continue to show that poor communication is a significant cause of sentinel events. Perioperative nurses can collaborate with surgeons and infection preventionists and use effective communication to help prevent patient infections. The formation of an interprofessional team was an essential methodological element in the development, implementation, and sustainability of the Contact Precautions Decision Algorithm, (CPDA) at our facility. Algorithms and Clinical Decision Making Clinical algorithms have been used as a decision making tool in healthcare for decades, and their usefulness is evident in the literature. In the early 1970s, researchers indicated that clinical algorithms provided a structured way to define and mitigate identified patient care situations. Clinical algorithms allow for the integration of large amounts of data into a rapid clinical workflow and provide a clear and standardized process to arrive at a decision. Time is of the essence in the OR, and algorithms are particularly useful considering the urgency of clinical scenarios. Project Setting The setting of this project was a 292-bed acute care hospital located in a suburb of New York City. Founded in 1893, the hospital is a not-for-profit organization treating 200,000 patients per year and has received the American Nurses Credentialing Center's magnet recognition. The perioperative suite houses 13 ORs, and staff members perform approximately 9,800 surgical procedures annually. In February 2016, perioperative nurses recognized that there was a lack of a standardized and systematic approach to determine the type of post-procedure OR cleaning – terminal cleaning or terminal cleaning with UVC – required between procedures involving patients on contact precautions. Because of the lack of standardization – staff members encountered a variety of problems that affected human and economic resources and patient care. It was important to the staff members to resolve the lack of standardization for several reasons. First, the absence of a systematic method of determining the type of post-procedure cleaning to implement created friction among RN circulators, environmental services, EVS personnel, and surgeons. Nurses reported that they felt pressure to move cases efficiently, and were concerned about patient and surgeon satisfaction when there were delays between procedures. Second, RN circulators frequently called infection control team members to ask if an identified pathogenic organism required an OR to undergo special cleaning, that is, terminal cleaning or terminal cleaning with UBC. The nurses did not document the answers to their questions for future reference, which led to repetitive and redundant phone calls to the infection control staff members. The hospital's standard precautions and isolation policy was too lengthy to be used as a resource when time was of the essence in the OR. Finally, to err on the side of caution, the perioperative nurses requested terminal cleaning and UVC disinfection from EVS without the appropriate evidence to support the need for it. The overuse of terminal cleaning and terminal cleaning with UVC had economic consequences for the facility and caused OR delays. Our project focused on patients who were placed on contact precautions because this is the most common type of patient isolation our nurses encounter, and it presents the greatest decision-making challenge for all OR personnel. Methods The OR team decided to use a systematic, evidence-based approach to terminal cleaning to supply all stakeholders with a reliable, efficient, and cost-effective method to provide the best possible care to patients undergoing surgery. This initiative required the input of a variety of stakeholders, a review of literature and best practices, and the identification of processes necessary to disseminate the standardized procedure. After identifying the clinical problem as a lack of a systematic approach to determine the type of post-procedure cleaning needed, that is, routine, terminal cleaning, or terminal cleaning with UBC, facility leaders worked on project design. They formed a task force that included – the perioperative services clinical nurse educator, perioperative nurses, infection preventionists, OR nursing managers, the perioperative services nursing director, and EVS personnel. The project was facilitated by the clinical nurse educator and one of the perioperative nurses. Surgeons also participated in the initiative, and their primary role involved identifying and validating the need for the development of the CPDA. Based on the surgeon's individual experiences performing procedures at this hospital, they noticed there was no clearly defined process for knowing when an OR needed terminal cleaning, with or without UVC. They also realized that perioperative personnel were required to determine the proper post procedure room cleaning on a case by case basis. The amount of time staff members used to determine the required cleaning activities added to the longer between procedure cleaning time required for terminal cleaning. The surgeons' dissatisfaction and questioning of nurses about the cleaning process requirements, that is, terminal cleaning with or without UVC, occurred because of the delays and the lack of standardization. The surgeons provided feedback and suggestions for improvement about their concerns to the OR charge nurse, nurse managers, and the clinical nurse educator, and this information was shared with the other members of the task force. The task force met to review the information provided by the surgeons and decided which topics to include in the project. The project design included 1. A review of the literature, see Figure 1, with a focus on infection prevention practices and interprofessional teams. 2. The development and use of algorithms as decision-making tools. 3. Identification and review of current practices for post-procedure room cleaning versus terminal cleaning methods, with and without UBC for patients with MDROs and C. difficile. 4. A review of facility policies and procedures for terminal cleaning. 5. The benchmarking of facility policies and procedures with other facilities. And 6. An assessment of facility resources to determine the best use of equipment and personnel. The clinical nurse educator and perioperative nurse facilitator selected evidence from the literature supporting best practices in terminal cleaning with and without UVC, and the task force members determined that representing those best practices in a decision-making algorithm would be the most efficient way to communicate best practices about this important OR topic. The clinical nurse educator on the task force developed the draft CPDA and shared it with members of the OR team for additional feedback. The members of the task force and the directors of Infection Control and Perioperative Services Reviewed the feedback, adjusted the document as necessary, and approved the CPDA. Education and Implementation Because understanding and use of the CPDA is specific to the OR team members performing their roles, for example, RNs, surgical technologists, STs, the formal implementation process included in-person educational sessions about the CPDA presented to the OR team during staff members' normal working hours. The OR Educational Sessions included an explanation of the background and importance of the algorithm, the rationale for its development, findings of the literature review, an explanation of each element of the algorithm, and a question-and-answer period. At the end of each session, the Clinical Nurse Educator gave all perioperative nurses a laminated copy of the CPDA to take to their assigned OR and place in the OR reference book to prepare for the rollout of the project. The perioperative nurse facilitator placed a master copy in the OR reference book at the OR command station. The clinical nurse educator sent an electronic copy of the CPDA to all OR staff members and the EVS director. The director of the EVS was responsible for providing educational information to the EVS team members on each element of the algorithm. Seven days after the initial education sessions, the clinical nurse educator performed an additional review of the CPDA algorithm. The OR team members began using the CPDA immediately after this review. Evaluation Members of the task force assess the effectiveness of the intervention by developing a 5-point Likert-scale CPDA post-implementation survey, see Figure 2. This survey measured the usefulness of the CPDA, nurse and surgeon acceptance of the new process, and support for the decisions that were made after using the CPDA. Because the perioperative nurses, nurse manager, and assistant nurse manager, are the end users of the algorithm, they were the only population surveyed. The nurses are responsible for determining the need for terminal cleaning with or without UVC If terminal cleaning is required, the nurses communicate this to the EVS team members, STs, and surgeons. Perioperative leaders scheduled focus group sessions for perioperative nurses and STs to discuss the new process and address any opportunities for improvement. Data Analysis A statistician analyzed the responses to the CPDA post-implementation survey using IBM SPSS software, version 20, with descriptive and inferential statistics, that is, Pearson Chi-Square Hypothesis Test, to test the hypothesis and determine if there were any relationships in the data. Members of the departmental work group reviewed the minutes from the focus group sessions and identified themes, for example, education needs. Results. The clinical nurse educator and perioperative nurse facilitator distributed paper surveys to 30 perioperative nurses approximately 19 months after the CPDA was first implemented. 27 surveys were completed for a return rate of 90%. Members of the departmental work group reviewed the results for each participant. The results of the CPDA post-implementation survey, see Table 1, indicated that staff members felt supported by nursing leaders when terminal cleaning with and without UVC was needed, but felt less supported by surgeons. The nurses indicated the CPDA was easy to follow, and many nurses thought the CPDA improved the efficiency of the workflow. Perioperative nurses found their use of the CPDA improved decision making in the OR related to post procedural cleaning using evidence based guidelines. Because the purpose of the project was to create a mechanism for rapid evidence based decision making, we conducted an analysis of factors contributing to efficiency. Among the participants who knew where to find the CPDA, those who agreed it was easy to follow were more likely to agree it improved efficiency. 14, 82.4%, of the participants found that it improved efficiency, while only 3, 17.6%, did not agree it improved efficiency. The strongest indicator of improved efficiency was the ease of use of the CPDA. Perceptions of support from surgeons were unrelated to the perception that the CPDA helps with efficiency. This finding was not statistically significant. Participants were only slightly more likely to perceive the CPDA as helping with efficiency if they perceived surgeons as supportive, 77%, compared with those who did not perceive surgeons as supportive, 67%. We did not identify any other relationships for increased efficiency. Focus Groups The focus groups allowed for an in-depth discussion of the CPDA, during which participants identified themes and action items to maximize the benefit of the tool. Focus group members suggested the following improvements to the CPDA and its use. 1. Hosting a laminated CPDA at the OR command station to improve visibility for the OR team. 2. Providing educational activities for surgeons, anesthesia professionals, and STs about implementing the CPDA. three. Highlighting the type of post-procedure room cleaning required by assigning colors in the CPDA, that is, green for routine post-procedure cleaning, yellow for terminal cleaning, red for terminal cleaning with UVC. 4. Listing the expansions of acronyms on the CPDA. And 5. Improving the confinement and containment of surgical supplies during procedures involving patients with MDROs and C. difficile. Discussion the task force used focus group feedback and the statistical finding that increased efficiency was related to ease of CPDA use to refine and improve the original CPDA, see Figure 3. Members of the task force revised the CPDA to include expansion of acronyms and members of the Infection Control Department reviewed and approved these additions. After this approval, the task force members notified all perioperative nurses about the changes, placed revised algorithms in all ORs, and posted a laminated, color-coded CPDA at the OR command station. The clinical nurse educator presented information about the CPDA to all of the STs, and task force members shared information about the CPDA process with surgeons and anesthesia professionals. The process of confinement and containment of surgical supplies during procedures for patients with MDROs and C. difficile is currently under revision. Since implementing the CPDA, the task force has added a newly-identified MDRO organism, extended-spectrum beta-lactamasis, to the CPDA. The Clinical Nurse Educator now provides information about using the CPDA during the onboarding of new OR staff members. The CPDA has been fully incorporated into the workflow of the OR. We believe this initiative would have been more effective as a formal quality improvement project if the perioperative nurses had completed a pre-implementation CPDA survey before any changes were made. Despite this limitation, OR and DVS staff members have benefited from this project. Our task force's use of evidence to define and support the process of terminal cleaning and UVC disinfection of ORs for patients with MDRs and C seal proved essential for acceptance of post-procedure cleaning standardization. After the CPDA was implemented, OR personnel integrated it into their practice, resulting in fewer phone calls to infection preventionists and increased surgeon tolerance of adjustments in room turnover necessary to accommodate the revised practice. The task force members plan to review the CPDA every six months and revise it if new evidence about OR cleaning and MDROs emerges. Members of the task force also plan to routinely address any needs that are identified by perioperative nurses or other stakeholders about additional or ongoing education to ensure that all OR staff members are knowledgeable about the expectations related to this cleaning initiative. Conclusion. When issues affecting patient safety emerge and best practices are unclear, it is essential that evidence be sought to support critical thinking and decision-making. At our facility, Select variables converged to create uncertainty regarding proper OR post procedure cleaning for patients with MDROs and C. difficile. These variables included multiple perspectives about the need for terminal cleaning, a failure to use evidence to support decision making about the cleaning process, and conflict between surgeons and nurses concerning the length of cleaning time between procedures. By developing an interprofessional team as supported in the available literature, we were able to focus on the problem determine the best methodology for addressing the problem, and develop a process for evidence-based decision-making to solve the problem.